that you know that they make but this is an original painting the physical original one that i can now hang on my wall when you buy an nft you're buying a digital photograph of the painting and then going, but there's only one. No, there's it. <laughs> right, right. Click copy. Now there's two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, if your investment can be completely obliterated in value by something as simple as control C, control V, I have bad news for you. Especially when you're like, especially uh, as we're talking about that, the end caps, right? The end caps buying NFTs and think that they're like, you know, there's something. Right, if you can copy and paste, it's a fiat. You should know about fiat. Yeah, you should be familiar with that because you know that's one of the things that you bitch about all the time, and rightfully so. But you should probably know about that. That's, <laughs> that's, but no, it's intrinsically no, it's not. No, it isn't. <laughs> the mental backflip that you have to do to say it's intrinsically valuable is say, okay, well, but it it takes up. Uh, hard drive space that could otherwise be used for something else and therefore it's intrinsically valuable well uh, the paper money also takes up space in like safety deposit boxes that could otherwise be used for other things that doesn't make it intrinsically valuable it's a meme, it's, it's, it's a meme. that's it like <laughs> it's, it's a it's a meme how many memes do you have on your phone right yeah not like intrinsically i valuable yeah I mean, there's nothing in, in here of course are I mean, I mean, those, those, those could be framed and sold. <laughs> those are valuable. <laughs> What's up, Jack? No, we were talking about NFTs. This, this article about uh, uh, how NFTs were bullied into uh, uh, irrelevancy, <laughs> just, which is just hilarious. Yeah, but, blaming uh, blaming the memers for the NFTs being valueless, and it's like, no, they were <laughs> always valueless. We just <laughs> pointed that out a lot. <laughs> It's memeflation. <laughs> oh, there's meme there's session? a company. If, if they if they devalue, is that is that a meme session? Meme session. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something that a bunch of uh, shit posters would have for their Congress. It's a shit poster Congress. It's in meme session. A meme session. There you go. Yeah. The not it's <laughs> not that we endorse <laughs> shit posting at all. Never, no, never nobody on this show would ever, ever endorse shit posting or contribute to it yeah. at all, ever. Hey, Jack, Jack, what do you think of the new patch? Speaking of shit posting, <laughs> <laughs> Jack is a shit poster. Uh, I thought about wearing my uh, my days without autism patch um, tonight, but since there's only the two of us, I figured I'll, I'll wait till there's the rest of the guys are on. Then I'm wearing the days without autism <laughs> patch. <laughs> I bought, I bought that one, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Naked Pepe. Yeah. Um, Days Without Autism. Zero. Uh, it's, I actually referenced that on my uh, my lip sync video to the Savage Garden um, that I did. I the, In the comment for it, like the caption, I said, like, Jenkins reset the Days Without Autism counter to zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jack said he had a meme reach over 8,000 today. What is, how much does that pay? Because I mean I I don't I don't mean to brag, but Andrew is Andrew is making money on his TikToks now. I am. I made, and no one can ever say that I didn't make a dime because it reached ten cents the other day, and then today I got another eight cents. So I have eighteen cents that I have earned. Uh, it's it does not pay a lot. If you get a million view video like my one million view video, that's worth about forty bucks. 
for a million views. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've been following that guy. Uh, uh, I keep seeing him on my For You page. I don't follow him at all. That dude, Keith Lee, that does the, the food reviews. Mm-hmm. Right. And he'll, he'll have like the, the one place that he was talking about the other day, like he had a, like a pizza or something. Right. And it, and the video did like 14 million views and the local business got so much traffic that they sold out of all their product and had to close the store early. Like they, 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 they paid like, like three months worth of rent and one day sales because of this guy's videos. Damn. Yeah. That's uh, well, I'm part of the croissant army. So, um, oh god, not you too. <laughs> oh, dude, I was I'm OG croissant army. Like I started posting croissants oh, like before Sleepy actually sent everyone forth. Like we were all posting it on his on his videos. <laughs> I've been doing it since day one, man. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's so funny. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh uh, well, you should feel bad. <laughs> The, the the whole the whole thing started so like sleepy paramedic who's an awesome follow he's absolutely great and and I'm being a certified first responder myself like it's it's hilarious some of the stories he mentions um but he specifically what happened is some guy was posting who is an e, also an EMT I think was posting just a single croissant as a comment on every single video that he posted and finally mm-hmm. he did a video where he's like what is going on what does it mean and naturally it being the internet uh <laughs> he proceeded to um get nothing but croissants from absolutely everybody myself included in comments on that video so he decided to declare us the croissant army and encouraged us to start throwing croissants and comments on all of emt and ems and fire TikTok. And then it just spread from there. And then he was like, all right, now it's the final stage of, of like, um, operation crumb blast. And (laughs) he (laughs) posted on everyone's, everyone's pages. And it has been just hysterical to see how many videos from like major TikTokers are going, why, why, why are my comments? Nothing but croissants now. What is happening? It just, the more people get confused, the funnier it gets. Honestly, uh, yeah, it's 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 retarded. It's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Again, anyway, days without autism, zero. <laughs> autism, zero. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess we've we've shit talked enough. We're six and a half minutes into a podcast without doing an introduction. The first introduction of the year. I don't know if I want to do it now. <laughs> I mean, we. I, I feel like. Yeah. You should. Pipcott Brandenburg. Yeah. You you know the thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know know the thing. Go look it up. Uh, On that note, though, on that note, though, um, one year ago next Sunday, the 15th, right, or 17th, whatever it is, the 15th, um, is the, or the the 17th. The 17th is the six-year anniversary of this podcast starting. Good Lord. Yeah, I'm the I'm the only I'm the only OG left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I joined what I, I joined like a year in something like that. A year and a half in something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, <laughs> production quality's gone up slightly. <laughs> production quality's gone up slightly. <laughs> Content has has stayed has stayed the same. Oh, it's still garbage, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I do miss I do miss Mark's scratchy beard on the uh, on the microphone, the gaming mic he was using. <laughs> yeah, just constant, constantly, <laughs> man. Constant driving on the freeway, doing fifty five miles an hour, live streaming with us. Can't hear a fucking thing because his windows down. Yeah, and he doesn't mute, yeah. so the whole that whole episode is just. <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. Uh <laughs> yeah, I had somebody, I had somebody a while back uh, on my old Facebook get a hold of me and say like they had, they're like, oh, I just discovered you guys, and like I'm going back and watching from the beginning, and I'm like, why would you do that? Don't, well, <laughs> don't, no, don't do that. we don't talk about anything important. Yeah, that's talk. Yeah, that it, trust me, you you aren't going to not understand the next episode because you didn't see the last one. Like, <laughs> you, you've missed nothing. It's, yeah, we're, not, we're, not re- we're not reading the book. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> Dear, Jack says Derek and her headphones in the car hiding from the boys and Kevin. Uh, when <laughs> when we first started, Derek had a pair of headphones uh, with cat ears, and the, and they lit up. And that's she was in she was in the, the basement of the old house, and uh, yeah, the cat ears lit up, and you would just see like the lights would go out, and you would just see that the headphones, the the cat ears light up. <laughs> it, was just, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird, but oh, it's 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 hard to watch the the originals because we have come a long way. Like me personally, I've come a long way since then. Um. Like I, I I I took over right at some point, but back then I was it was I was so bad I was so nervous. Like the very first podcast I ever did was with Danilo uh, uh, Danilo Quelar, Peaceful Anarchism, and it was so bad he couldn't release it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man, yeah. that's. Yeah, I know. I like, well, I can remember a few episodes where like, because of the timing, like I was eating dinner, like uh-huh. as I was on, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep eating because like, yeah. I'm hungry. And <laughs> Mark would do that too. There was a couple from uh, um, like the MPLF. We, we did a, a one from the MPLF with Derica and Jeremy Hengeller sitting in her sitting in her uh, driver's side window the entire the entire episode. And it was that was that was a weird one too. And they were eating, and he's he Jeremy's drinking the entire time, and it's just that was a good one. <laughs> oh, so professional, yeah, so professional, most, most professional. Oh. Um, I don't know. You, you want to get into it? Where do we want to go first? I don't know. I, um... I have I have no surprise links. Oh, that's that in and of itself is the surprise. <laughs> Yeah, disappoint. Um, I I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, you didn't get any surprises. Uh, no. We got. Uh, just, I mean, we should ju- just let's just jump in the bump stocks. Okay. Yeah, bump stock ones is a good one to to start with. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a Breitbart article. It says uh, appeals court strikes down bump stock ban in 13 to three decision. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit handed down a 13-3 decision Friday, striking down the regulatory gun control that banned bump stocks under former President Donald Trump. Rouge reported that the court, uh, the, the court intimidated or intimidated, intimate, in, 
Intimated? Intimated. That actions on guns should be taken by Congress rather than the executive branch, which is, uh, again, another another uh, uh, shot at Chevron. Chevron defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Circuit Judge Jennifer Walker Elrod wrote the, for the majority de- majority opinion for the Fifth Circuit and also opined that the framers of the bump stock ban did not provide, quote, fair warning that possession of a non-mechanical bump stock is a crime. Which they, they didn't really. Yeah. Um, but also that the, uh, let's see, uh, uh, where was it? The summary says a bump stock allows the trigger. The summary, that's the, the ATF summary, says a bump stock allows the trigger of a semi-automatic firearm to reset between the firing of each round, but describes the bump stock equipped, quote, semi-automatic firearm as, quote, self-acting or self-regulating and therefore a machine gun. Which it most it most certainly is not. Uh, Judge Elrod yeah. noted, quote, a plain reading of the statutory language paired with close consideration of the mechanics of a semi-automatic firearm reveals that a bump stock is excluded from the technical definition of a machine gun set forth in the Gun Control Act and the National Firearm Act. So what is what is the definition of a machine gun according to the GCA and the NFA? Um, that's a good question. To the interwebs. So much preparation for this podcast. Every single time we spend hours just pouring over articles so we can get you guys the most accurate and up-to-date information. Yep, Literally quickly, Yep, quickly, efficiently. Uh, <laughs> yes. let's, uh, let's see. This is the riveting, riveting podcasting that, that people tune in for right here is me <laughs> typing away on the keyboard going, fuck, what is that? Um, it has something to do with the uh, one trigger pull being equal or one trigger pull releasing uh, multiple rounds, right? That was yeah. that was the thing with with the FRTs, right? The force reset triggers. Pull the trigger back, a round goes off. You release the trigger, another round goes off. That's multiple rounds without a trigger resetting, right? I I believe that is the definition of, of a machine gun according to the GCA and the the NFA. Yeah, bump stocks, bump stocks allow a full trigger reset. Yep. Yeah, because they they basically just all they function as is or to do is make it slightly easier to bump fire a gun, which you can do without one with a fixed stock just with fine. Your, with, your, with your belt loop. Yeah, or rubber band. Hundreds of videos of that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, yep. So Donald Trump's gun control legislation that he got passed. Um, oh, sorry. Not, it's, oh, sorry, it wasn't gun control legislation. It was a gun control edict. Yeah, it was an executive order that he issued, which was almost, yeah, it was almost exactly the same executive order that Obama had tried just a couple of years prior and the gun community like lost their minds. But now because it's our guy, everyone just like went along with it. Yeah. And if you use a bump stock as a functional part of a firearm, you're an idiot to begin with. Yeah, like it's, you're not going to hit anything with it at all. Like you're, you're probably putting yourself and everyone around you in a little bit of danger. By using one. Mm-hmm. Jack, why are you awkwardly aroused? I don't want to know. I don't know. That's, maybe that's Jack's troubling. Got a, maybe Jack's got a bump stock in his pants. 
Is that a bump stock in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bump fire. <laughs> oh God, my brain is my brain has problems. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, we're terrible. Like I just. There was a just a moment there where, like, I was picturing like a couple of a contraption using like a, a leather belt and a couple of springs and like an anchor. Po- it's <laughs> it's just like a bump stock. It's that's that's just that's close your ears. You don't need to hear that. <laughs> All the fun, none of the work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems like you weren't ready for it we're never ready jack (laughs) like i take Uh, i take so (laughs) i'll take like 25 minutes to put together a quick outline which i have 90 percent of it already already saved and and i'll throw some links on there and that's it that's it that's preparation it'll be be links that i saved over the week or that were sent to me over the week and that's it that's the extent of our preparedness yeah for the most part, for the most part, we do have on occasion where we do actual prepare, uh, uh, preparedness for uh, for an episode like the Ruby Ridge one. Yeah, yeah. I mean that one, um, the uh, the uh, Battle of Athens one we, we prepared Athens, that for was a good one with with Luke and Typo. Oh no, that was that was with uh, uh, Magnus and the boys. Luke and Typo yeah. were on Ruby Ridge. Yep. Yeah. Oh. No, normally preparedness on this episode or, or for this podcast uh, requires the consumption of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yep. No. Or other mind-altering substances. That's that's pretty much how everybody <laughs> prepares. That's good Chinese food is a mind-altering substance. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of a uh, uh, government being terrible, um, blah 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 blah. Preparedness for my show involves handcuffs, duct tape, and a ski mask. Oh, you're going to Walmart, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since we haven't been on in on a while, we have to uh, we have to talk about this one. Uh, Senator Rand Paul's airs grievances in Festivus report on federal waste. Did you uh, yes. one at all? I I saw a few of his his grievances because his. Rand Paul's grievance list is his like annual list of government waste. Yes. And yeah, I, best, I saw a couple report. of them. Yes. Yeah. I saw a couple of them pop up on something, but I haven't actually looked at the one this year. I usually do. I just haven't yeah. looked at this one yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Senator Rand Paul's got a lot of problems with the federal government, and now you're going to hear about it. The libertarian leading Kentucky Republican channeled honorary Seinfeld patriarch Frank Constanza. Friday and releasing his annual Festivus report laying out nearly $500 billion in wasteful spending, including 118000 from the National Science Foundation for a study on whether the Marvel movie villain Thanos could actually snap his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Who the fuck cares? Who cares? Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh... This year, I'm highlighting a whopping $482,276,543,907 of waste, including a steroid-induced hamster fight club, a study to see if kids love their pets, 
a study of the romantic patterns of parents. Uh, no matter how much money has already been wasted, politicians keep demanding more. Well, and don't forget the the hamster fight club thing. A few years ago, when I did my my like my list of my favorite ridiculous government spending, they also not that long ago had a study that they spent millions of dollars on to study the uh, violent effects that cocaine had on hamsters oh, as well. Oh, there is there is a co- there is cocaine spending in this festivist report. Of course there is, because it wouldn't be a Festivus report. (laughs) Some of the more bizarre spending comes from the National Institute of Health, uh, such as research on animals, including $2.3 million study injecting six-month-old beagle beagle puppies with cocaine, $1.1 million for, quote, training mice to binge drink alcohol, and a $3 million study at Northeastern University (laughs) that involved watching hamsters fight on steroids. 1.1 1.1 million to train mice to binge drink binge alcohol. Drink you know, alcohol. you could get a frat house on any college campus in the United States to figure out how to do that for like a few 30 racks of fucking natty ice. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, other oddities include $192,592 spent on Starbucks espresso machines at the Pentagon. $3 million for a Mahatma Gandhi uh, museum in Houston. What does Houston, Texas have to do with Mahatma Gandhi? $2.5 million <laughs> for Super Bowl commercials, quote, telling you to fill out the census. Uh, $200,000 Department of Transportation radio campaign reminding drivers to stop at railroad crossings. $9 million to construct a park in Austin, Texas that, quote, is used for yoga and concerts. Ah, uh, yes, the the all-important concert yoga uh, demographic <laughs> in yeah. Texas. Uh, other big expenditures involve COVID-19 relief funds, including $4.5 million in payouts to fraudsters that were meant to go to small businesses. Another $124 million was spent to, quote, construct an 11,000-square-foot spa in Broward County, Florida, and $31.5 million used to, quote, purchase luxury cars, according to the report. 31 po- where, where is my government-issued luxury car? What kind of a uh, moderate rebel do I have to be to have the government, like, purchase me a Maybach? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> somebody sign me up for that program. Also making the list is $475 billion the Treasury Department spent on debt interest payments. $1.7 billion on, quote, maintaining 77,000 empty federal buildings. $17 million for, quote, unused hotel rooms for illegal immigrants. $168 million spent, quote, helping illegal immigrants avoid deportation. 17 million for unused Unused. hotel rooms for illegal immigrants. Yes. They weren't even in them. They're just empty hotels. And 10 times that amount, 10 times that amount, helping illegal immigrants avoid deportation. Oh my, and a hundred, and a hundred times that amount. Um, actually more than, what was it? A thousand times that amount for the 77,000 empty federal buildings. (laughs) They're empty. Maintaining 77, 
thousand empty federal buildings. I. One point seven billion dollars to maintain buildings that no one uses. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, here's hold on. <laughs> this this of course gets better. Quote, last Festivus, we lamented over the national debt reaching the astronomical $28.4 Shockingly, in one short year, the career politicians and bureaucrats of Washington have managed to breeze right past $30 trillion without a second thought. <sighs> but don't worry, guys. 77,000 unused federal buildings are properly maintained. Well, yet we can't have unmaintained, completely vacant federal buildings. I mean, who would want that? <laughs> 77,000 unused federal buildings. Like we're, we're, we're literally we're paying for maintenance and, and custodial and security for 77,000 unused federal buildings. They're, they're empty. There is no one in them. They are not using them. They are not... Mm -hmm. Nobody is nobody is actively inside these buildings, other than probably security patrolling them occasionally. And they're they're paying more than a billion dollars to maintain them. Yes. Rather than just you know sell them off. Sell them out to or someone. In the very least, rent them off. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Like think of, and I would bet you that most of those buildings are pretty open concept, meaning you could build walls within them and turn them into low cost apartments, pretty fucking easily and probably way cheaper. Industrial than, housing. yeah, way way cheaper than just maintaining these empty buildings. Because think about how much it costs to continuously heat these places so that pipes don't freeze in the winter. Yeah, because it's all empty space, yeah. like. <laughs> That is ridiculous. That is utterly ridiculous. And it, I just, you could have them torn down and sell off, you know, chunks of them because they probably have like marble and lots of expensive building materials in them that people would be perfectly willing to get their hands on. Yeah. You could, uh, all sorts of crap, but you, instead you maintain them because, well, but we don't want to give up anything that the federal government owns ever. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, just like, Three million dollars watching hamsters fight on steroids. And you could have recouped that simply selling pay-per-view. Yeah. 1.1 million training mice to binge drink alcohol. 2.3 million dollars uh, injecting six-month-old beagle puppies with cocaine. Well, you know who probably was in charge of that one. Yeah. We absolutely know who was in charge of that one. Considering that it was Beagles. Yeah. And we know how much he loves Beagles. Oh, he loves Beagles, huh? Just totally loves Beagles. Mm-hmm. That would be Dr. Fauci if you guys are not picking up on that. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into that. I, I, I found the article uh, on White Coast Waste about the uh, cocaine test on puppies. <laughs> so, Coke Hounds, WCW, that's White Coast Waste exposes $2 million plus NIH cocaine test on puppies to fulfill deadly FDA red tape. Some things are better together. Cake and frosting, peanut butter and jelly, hot chocolate and marshmallows. 
Other things should be kept far apart, like garlic and ice cream or hot sauce and brownies. And now, White Coast Waste Project, WCW, investigators have found another terrible pairing, courtesy of the NIDA, that is the National Institute for Drug Abuse, part of the National Institute for Health, uh, and paid for, your, paid for with your tax dollars, puppies and cocaine. In a new experiment we've discovered through the Freedom of Information Act, seven six-month-old beagle puppies were trained to wear a jacket. We know that doesn't sound too bad, but it wasn't a normal jacket. It was a puppy raincoat or a cute dog costume, or it wasn't a raincoat or a cute dog costume. Instead, the jacket served as a cruel purpose to inject the animal wearing it with drugs. Through the special drug injecting jacket, puppies were dosed with cocaine again and again and again for months, along with a, quote, experimental compound to see how the two drugs interacted. The experiment, which ran from September 2020 to September 2021, with a report due in May 22, was filmed so experimenters could see if puppies had any, quote, adverse reactions to the drugs. (sighs) Prior to being drugged, the puppies were also forced to undergo surgery where they were implanted with a, quote, telemententry unit to monitor their vital signs throughout the experiment. At the end of the experiment, the coke hounds were either killed or, quote, recycled, meaning they were shipped off to be used in other wasteful, cruel, and unnecessary experiments. They're freaking puppies. Yeah. And they're, like, one of the cutest breeds for puppies, too. And you just, in- like, why do they keep, it's, it's like they're actively, like, trying to be comic book supervillains. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they can't choose, like, an ugly puppy. Like, it's not Chinese crested puppies. No, no, no. We have to have the cutest floppy-eared little ba- furry bastards that we can find, and that's who we're going to torture constantly. Good lord. Yeah. Don't you just feel just so happy with your government? Oh, man, I'm happy with the human race right now. That's... Uh, the human race is just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. My Let's God. Let's see. Uh, exp- a second experiment, which ran from March 2020 to March 21st, also used special jackets to inject vehicles with a cane. Six puppies were used in these experiments. So that's six and six. So that's 12 puppies uh, at the cost of $2.3 million. Let's see. The and dog, then they're all cold. The dogs experienced more pain before their first birthday that any dog should have to experience in his lifetime, all for the purpose of writing a report. According to the documents we obtained through uh, or via Information Act request, the report, quote, may be submitted by the NIDA to the FDA, even though the FDA has said that it does not require drugs to be tested on dogs. I just... <sighs> yeah. So that's uh, like what? That's, just, that's just fantastic, isn't it? Does that just make you feel so wholesome and 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 just supportive of your government? What kind of evil do you have to have living in your soul that you don't need to torture these puppies, but you just go, you know what I want to do to these dogs? I want to inject them with cocaine. Yes, and and a quote experimental compound to see how they interact with said puppy. Like, yeah, <laughs> I dropped I dropped the the White Coast Wake link in our uh, uh, the Anarchy Among Friends Telegram chat. Um, if you guys want to go 
Read that one for yourselves. Good luck. What the hell? That's just... Yeah. This is, this is what our government does, bro. And then the, the steroid, like the hamster fight club, like... Hamsters die so easy anyway. Like, and they occasionally commit suicide for no actual, like, explicable reason. Um, there's an entire subreddit that's just stories of hamsters killing themselves. It's actually hilarious. Uh, but... <laughs> Like the one that just fucking like, Jack. Jack says you don't need to train mice to drink. It's cheaper to use Irishmen. You don't need to train us to drink either. We already do, but we don't binge drink. See, binge drinking indicates that you stop at some point. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you're trying to train mice how to binge drink, like, I guarantee you, if you gave like a tank with like six mice in it to a frat house, any frat house, any frat house in the United States. And you're like, hey, we're kind of curious if you guys can uh, get them to binge drink. You, they they just will. You don't even actually need to pay them. Like, they will figure out a way to get these mice to drink because they think it's funny. Like, <laughs> that will happen. <laughs> and if you, gave, if you gave him to a stoner, he'd be hot box in the mouse box. Of course he would. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't even need to pay him. He'd just do it. Yeah. <laughs> You just need a second person there to actually write down what happens so that it's science and not just a stoner being a stoner. Yes. Because remember, kids, the only difference between science and screwing around is writing it down. Yes. Like, I just... <laughs> Because they remember with the, the cocaine in the hamsters, like they wanted to study how aggressive it made the hamsters and whether or not they would fight. So they'd like give them a bunch of cocaine, get them hooked on it, and then limit the amount of cocaine that was in the cage and put two hamsters in to see if they would fight to the death over it. Oh, geez. Okay. So I, I clicked I clicked on the, the, the hyperlink for the hamster one. It's a live science. LiveScience.com. Uh, if you put a hamster on steroids, he'll attack other hamsters more quickly and more often and bite and bite a lot. Cut him off, and you might think he'd mellow out. Not so. Hamsters on steroids remain aggressive into adulthood, according to a new study that offers yet another caution to teens who might want to try to bulk up artificially. The hamsters started out tame. They were they were put on a, on an anabolic steroid, and as studies have shown with teens, these rodents exhibited quote very high levels of aggression. No shit. We know what steroids do. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? You only have to go hang out in the same four block radius as a gold gym to be able to spot yeah. what steroids do to people. Yeah. Uh, long <laughs> after the more than 100 hamsters were taken off the steroids, their aggressive tendencies or road rage, as scientists put it, remained in 85% of them. Yeah, because you permanently altered their brain chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like autopsies, autopsies revealed their brains had changed. The anterior hypothalamus, known to regulate aggression, pumped out more of a neurotransmitter called vesperation. Quote: Steroids step on the gas for aggression by enhancing the activity of the brain areas that induce aggression. Some of the effects may wear off after withdrawal, but aggressive behavior won't stop immediately, leaving them to be a danger to themselves and others. No shit. We fucking knew this. Yeah, we already knew this well. Like we didn't you didn't need to torture a bunch of small rodents in order to figure this one out. 
but they, they spent mean, three million dollars on it. Three million dollars roiding out a bunch of Syrian rodents. Because yeah, that's your fun yes. fact for the night. Uh, hamsters are native to Syria. Yes. In case anyone ever wondered. <laughs> yeah, the Marvel, the Marvel, the the um, the snap. That's the one. That's the one that makes me just, just, I just. <sighs> like, are these scientists like sitting around, getting really high, and then? at that point coming up with their like their their grant requests and their studies because i mean that that sounds like the kind of thing that like the kids from uh um that 70s show would have come up with in the basement you know like <laughs> i wonder if like he could actually snap in that glove so this this is an article from techtimes.com um the iconic Thanos finger snap using his Affinity Gauntlet has puzzled some fans if it is possible in real life. Some believe that a person could do the same thing. Believe it or not, some researchers conducted a study about this physics-defying event. Scientists from the Georgia Institute of Technology discovered if a human being could actually generate a strong snap given some limitations. According to a previous report by Eureka Alert, the researchers conducted a thorough analysis regarding a series of finger snaps through the use of sensors, imaging processing, and high-speed imaging. The researchers noted that friction has a huge role in this event since they needed to simulate how Thanos snapped his fingers while wearing a metallic gauntlet. <sighs> Why did the world need to know that? Yeah. Uh, the group made use of metallic thimbles to closely copy the strong impact after the Thanos snap. Based on their findings, the snapping is three times faster compared to what a professional baseball player does during the arm rotation. From from them, the activity was, quote, the fastest human angular acceleration, fastest human angular acceleration measured so far. Okay. <sighs> Um, let's see. Okay, hold on. This is the last two, last paragraphs. Uh, per assistant professor Saad Balama uh, from the School of Chemical and Biomolecular uh, Engineering, he jumped out of his chair when he discovered the data regarding Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet snap. Balama uh, added that the Mad Titan's finger snap happens faster than the blink of an eye, which requires 150 milliseconds to occur. In short, there's no way you can mimic it in just seven milliseconds. And they, they spent money. Um, a lot of money. $118,000. Enough to buy a house in some parts of the United States. Yes. Not here in the to, area, but in, in some places. Yeah. Like, around around me, you can buy a house for that. So, yes. like, they, they spent enough money to buy a house... On figuring out whether or not a fictional character wearing a fictional thing could make a fictional snap. Yes, if, if a fictional character in a fictional movie wearing a fictional item could snap his fingers. And it's not even that they spent that money, right? Because, like, Mythbusters did a bunch of that crap, right? But it was private funds that Mythbusters yeah. spent. They spent taxpayer dollars, money that was stolen out of the economy by the government. 
they used in order to discover this. Yep. Yeah. You know the problem. You know what the problem is, Andrew, is you just don't you don't trust the government enough. You don't trust the government enough, and according to a new study, that is bad for you. Well, according to a new study the government wrote. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this is a quote. One possibility relates to a distrust of the government or belief in freedom that contributes to both vaccination preferences and increased traffic risk, says the author of COVID vaccine hesitancy and the risk of traffic crash published by the American Journal of Medicine, but authored by a trio from Canada. Donald A. Riedermeyer, MD, uh, FRCPC, MSHSR, FAPC, that's a whole lot of initials. That's a lot of letters. <laughs> uh, works in, quote, evaluative clinical sciences at the Stunnybrook Institute in Toronto. Uh, Jonathan Wang, MMACS, is with the Institute for Clinical Evaluation and Sciences and the Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Deva, whose last name I'm not going to try and pronounce, uh, MCS. Uh, it works with the ICS and Sunnybrook Institute of Toronto. The trio tested whether COVID vaccina vaccination was associated with the risk of a traffic crash. Yes, that's what? That's the correlation does not equal causation. I'm just putting that out there. But according to them, wait, there is correlation. Wait, wait, wait. What? So is there impl is or what they try? What are they trying to imply with that? I don't. I can't follow this at all. <laughs> yes, a total of eleven million two hundred and seventy thousand seven hundred and sixty-three individuals were included of whom 16% had not received a COVID vaccine and 84% had received a COVID or had received a COVID vaccine, right? So 16%, you know, are pure bloods. Uh, the, co the cohort accounted for 6,682 uh, 6, traffic crashes. Vaccinated individuals accounted for 1,682 traffic crashes, uh, 25%, uh, equals to a 72% increased relative risk compared to those with vaccinations. What hold on, are you... hold on, hold on. Quote, the data suggests that COVID vaccine hesitancy is associated with significant increased risk of a traffic crash. On the other hand, or, or the authors noted, on the other hand, quote, distrust of government or belief in freedom is another possibility, along with, quote, uh, antipathy toward regulation, exposure to misinformation, insufficient resources and other personal beliefs so wait wait so are are they just like trying to make up reasons that you should get the vaccine now like is that what this is we've come to the point that they are reaching that far <laughs> that like this they're just three, making three things doctors, up now doctors, yeah this is three doctors and researcher in canada saying that uh, distrust of the government or the belief in freedom could potentially be the cause of people getting into car crashes. Uh, it, <laughs> it just, this is this is the perfect example of like one of those things where like the statistics 
make you know you can make statistics say anything you want like the, i mean like this is the equivalent of being like well the majority of people who uh were attacked by sharks prefer not to wear underwear underneath their swimsuits and therefore not wearing underwear underneath your swimsuits causes shark attacks i yeah i just i Actually, it's even worse than that. It's basically going, well, the majority of people who get attacked by sharks every year don't wear underwear underneath their swimsuits. And therefore, not wearing underwear underneath your swimsuit could be an indicator of binge drinking. Yes. I'll I'll read that that paragraph again. (laughs) Quote, quote, this this is from the authors. This is from the authors. Quote, these data suggest that COVID vaccine hesitancy is associated with significant increased risks of a traffic crash. Quote, distrust of government or belief in freedom is another possibility along with uh, uh, antipathy toward regulation, exposure to misinformation, insufficient resources, or other personal beliefs. Or other, so like what you believe could be causing this, or it might be other beliefs. We don't know. (laughs) That's what they said. Just, like this, this is this is so bizarre. It's so far out there that it's 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 hard to to grasp what they're really trying to say. Like, are 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 they making the case that the quote vaccine hesitant or or the the, the distrust of government or the freedom lovers should not be allowed to drive cars? I mean, see, and that's, that's, that's what I'm wondering is, is, are, are they reaching, are they reaching this far to try and justify why you should get a vaccine and possibly encourage insurance companies to then incentivize you getting a vaccine because then insurance companies are going to go, you're at an increased risk, which means now your insurance is more expensive because you don't trust government and you're not COVID vaccinated. Yes. Raising the barrier to entry. This is, I, I don't, Is this is this more is this is this more or less mind numbing than Hamster Fight Club? Oh, this is more mind numbing because at least Hamster Fight Club would be entertaining to watch. I <laughs> like you could give them little outfits and throw, like stage throw, names. Throw in three D printed little axes. <laughs> yeah, and like like have yeah, have, a, have like a little ring. You know, you could get one of the rings from you. Remember the back in the '90s, right? There was the like the ring for the WWE and uh-huh. stuff that you could oh, yeah, get with yeah. like the figures, and you could even get one of those and like put them in there with like little outfits. You could have a little intro songs for them. It would be great, but like you could at least make that entertaining television. Where this is just like this is this is you know what I think this is this is a really good example of like when a scientist has an answer they want to get to, right? It's a confirmation bias thing. They have an answer that they want to get to, and they are trying to find a way to get there. Yes. 
like that's what this is this is just because it, it's the most inane thing in the world right like you don't trust government and that's why you get into car crashes <laughs> what I, well when you say it that way <laughs> that's what it is that's literally what they said you don't trust government therefore you get into car crashes you like the color yellow therefore you don't eat meat i wh- <laughs> what that's wh- where is the evil knievel couldn't make that leap like, <laughs> <laughs> he tried he broke 37 bones yeah and then Robbie tried to follow it up and he also crashed like probably because he didn't trust government enough (laughs) that's you know what it is you know is is he didn't inject his beagle with enough cocaine if if his beagle had more cocaine he would have made that jump I just don't understand I what it's just so out there like there's just so it's such a non sequitur that it just <laughs> what it's, it, there's there's literally there's literally no correlation there's literally no correlation between having the jab or not and getting in car accidents well there's no reason to even suspect that there would be a correlation the only possible reason you could have to even investigate this is because you were starting from a presupposition that people who are anti-vaccine and people who are anti-government there must be something wrong with them like you're starting from that position and trying to work your way back that's the only explanation for why this this would even be done yes absolutely absolutely they had they had a uh uh um they had equivalency in mind and worked backwards until they reached a situation that justified what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like people, people who, you know, tried to use like the phrenology thing, right? Like back in the, um, in the twenties, thirties and stuff, the, along with the rise of, of the, you know, of bad mustache man and, and Il Duce and stuff like, they just started from an assumption about certain as certain members of society and then tried to find a justification for not liking them like that's that that's what that was you know which is why it's been debunked and debunked and debunked and is a load of crap because obviously it's it is but like they it's the same kind of science right like you're starting from a this is true rather than an is this true yeah yeah it's which is not science (laughs) they couldn't say because i said so so they had to find something to justify it (laughs) yeah rather than you you need to trust government because i said so well you need to trust government because if you don't you're going to get into a car accident (laughs) oh what like like if you've ever seen the movie Dodgeball, right? With the the whole thing with the um you know, the, I don't ride roller coasters. My cousin Ray Ray rode one once. Boop, dad. That's that's or um or Peter Griffin with his his whole like his his cousin or whatever that did something. I don't even remember what he did and 5 years later, bam, herpes. 
So, like, <laughs> that's that's what this is. This is like he didn't trust government. Three years later, bam, car accident. Yep, I forgot to stop <laughs> my light before I left the house. Bam, fired. Like, wh- what? How does yeah? It- <laughs> how does that work? There's no connection. There is no connection there at all. I don't. What? <laughs> so you want to you want to cover something about the government actually doing something good? Well, I mean, sure. Te- technically, it's it's not. Te- it, it it is good. Don't get me wrong. It is good, but it's doing, it's undoing something that never should have been done in the first place. How about that? I mean, that works. Okay. Do you know the name Sarah Brady? Unfortunately. Sarah Brady, Meridian, Idaho. Um, yeah, that rings a major bell. Why does that ring a major bell? Because it's in the articles that I, I sent you. Well, that probably explains it, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to let's let's we, we have to backtrack. We got to backtrack all the way to um, March 2020. Uh, 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 where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Let me get to it. Okay, so uh, um, so so this is this is April April twenty twenty, right? So this is this is right after um, all the all the COVID BS started, right? Um, uh, Sarah Walton Brady, the Idaho mother, arrested after police said she and others refused to leave a playground that had been closed to the public as part of the state's efforts to combat the spread of the coronavirus. Brady was arrested August 21st, 2020 for trespassing and violating city orders. She was booked oh, in the no. Ada, she was booked in the Ada County Jail uh, and she posted $300 bond within a few hours. Okay, so uh blah blah blah, blah. Uh, she was never actually she never actually touched the playground. She was never she was never on the playground. She never touched the playground equipment. The playground equipment had police tape wrapped around it. She never interacted with the playground equipment at all. She was literally, she was standing in the tan bark, right? The, the little wood chips around the playground with about a dozen other, with about a dozen other people. Um, and then a bunch of kids were running around playing on the playground equipment. So somebody calls the cops. Somebody calls the cops and Meridian Police Department come out and they're like, hey, you guys got to go. And Sarah Brady essentially said no. She said, fuck, you know, um, we are. We're, we're here having a play date, which is completely within the realm of reality. That's is what they would do. They had kids out there playing, right? The the dog park was open. The basketball courts were open. The picnic benches were open. Um, uh, uh, kids were still in school after school activities were, were still happening, but for some reason, uh, governor, uh, uh, Brad Little's orders, uh, there were police tape around, uh, public, uh, playground equipment. So they were out there protesting. Uh, so the police show up, as I said, and there's like, Hey, you have to leave. And Sarah Brady, she, she was, she was already known in that area. She, she's, um, part of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. She's friends with Ammon Bundy. Uh, she's part of the um, um, the People's Freedom Network. So they knew who she was. And these officers from or uh, her her husband is a uh, a Boise 
police officer, by the way. Her husband is a Boise police officer. But this happened in Meridian, which is a town just outside of Boise. Or Meridian, yeah, just outside of Boise. So the police show up, uh, and it's all on video. There's dozens of videos out there. You can look them up. And for some reason, the police focused on her. Maybe it's because she was the most boisterous or, or whatever. But the police focused on her out of these 15 or, or, or 12 or 15 parents that were out there. And they literally told her, you need to leave, blah, 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 right? And she's like, no, we're having a play date. My kids are playing. Our other kids are playing. We'll, we'll leave when they're done. And the police go, okay, well, if you don't get out of here, we're going to arrest you. And she's like, okay, arrest me and put her hand behind her back. Puts her hand, put her hands behind the back. The police arrested her. The police said, we're just doing our job. You forced us into this. You know, that whole rigmarole. Yeah, lovely, abusive spouse thing that they love to do because, yeah, so you know, this was, 40%. So this was April 21st, 2020, right? So this is like about four and a half, almost five weeks after COVID became a thing, right? This is about a month after my area shut down. All right, this is Boise, Idaho, right? This is the readout. So they arrest her, put her in jail, $300 bond. She's out in a few hours. Um, leads a protest out in front of, a, out in front of the, uh, the Meriden Police Station. All that good stuff. Um, fast forward. Let me see. Where is the the other? Uh, so she leaves, leaves a protest. Um, uh, I didn't post it. Where did I put it? See, I don't <laughs> have a link to this article, so I have no idea. <clears throat> um, damn it, Jim. So fucking professional. I was on a roll, and I was just so fucking professional with it. Um, uh, I'm mad at myself now. I thought I was rolling. Okay, so fast forward. So she, um, so that was 2020, right? Uh, um, uh, April first, April 21st, 2020. Uh, dog parks were open, basketball courts were open, picnic biscuit, picnic tables were open. Um, she was taken to jail released on a uh she was thrown into jail with about 300 other people right into a into a crowded jail before she was out on bond um the case was sent to the idaho general attorney's office she had a trial set for february 2021 that was suspended due to the virus she had another trial set for august 2021 that trial was canceled a week and a half before it was set to occur, right? So through August of 2021, she had incurred about $18,000 in legal fees. Now we're fast forwarding to January 2023. She's incurred about $30,000 worth of attorney fees. She's had trial uh, canceled twice. The plea deal from the Ada County uh, uh, district attorney and uh, from the attorney general's office is hey plead guilty to this tr to this misdemeanor trespassing charge for standing in the tan bark outside of a public playground uh, pay $50 and, and, and credit for time serve and, and everything this all goes away she said no right this, uh, they, they wanted her to pay $50 
Yeah, because that's I, that's I what they do, right? They that's this is how they always work. Is because they did the same crap to me when they knew they didn't have a case, where they delay, 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 delay mm -hmm. to cost you as much money as possible and make your life as obnoxious as possible, so that you break and you just acquiesce to whatever they want. Yes, yes. Um, and now um, she's up to about twenty six thousand um in attorney's fees and 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 that she spent um let's see um blah, 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 blah. so we we are now um 2 years 8 months and 19 days since she was arrested She finally got a pardon from the attorney general. <laughs> not that they not that the charges were dropped. Not that the charges the the, the the charges were never dropped. The charges were never dropped. Um, she got an, a, a pardon from Raul Labrador. Raul Labrador uh, was uh, a member of the the, the state senate. Uh, he's a, a friend of Ammon Bundy. He's part of the um, uh, People's Freedom Network. So he gets elected in the office um, of the attorney general uh, on, I think it was Monday. And on Thursday, she had a pardon. He put it out publicly that he was pardoning her. It's, it's literally one of the first things he did. But, of course, there is a nice, lovely reaction from, from the mayor of Meriden and the police chief of Meriden about the about the pardon uh, uh, so this is a ktbc7 uh the article originally appeared in idaho press uh new idaho attorney general raul labrador moved to dismiss trespassing charges in the case against sarah brady uh, a meridian woman who was who went to a closed playground in april 2020 and asked police to arrest her brady was one of several parents who took their children to a playground at julius m uh, Clinier Memorial Park, which had been closed due to COVID-19 pandemic. Brady and others argued that Meridian police officers about the constitutionality of their decision. Brady then turned, put her arms behind her back, and asked the officers to arrest her. Quote, this case should never have been prosecuted. It has been a profound waste of precious taxpayer resources. Uh, going forward, we will focus on the people's, we will focus We'll focus the people's resources on prosecuting child exploiters and other serious crimes, not mothers who take their kids to the park. That's that's from Raul Labrador. Uh, in a statement, Meridian Mayor Robert Simpson said the decision to dismiss the case was, quote, appalling and a slap in the face to the Meriden police, public servants and law abiding citizens. Well, the uh, Meridian hold on, hold police on. deserve a slap in the face. <laughs> hold on. So me, I hope so. Paragraph. Give me a paragraph. So, <laughs> the attorney general's apparent philosophy to selectively dismiss cases of his choosing and endorse illegal behavior is abhorrent. These actions are distressing. And the attorney general Labrador's decision today is a breach of his oath of office to uphold the rule of law. That probably actually isn't part of his oath of office. It's probably to uphold the Constitution. But um, <laughs> <laughs> for, 
first of all. Second of all, the, the picking said, and choosing, but hey, picking and choosing what you are and are not going to prosecute is literally part of the district attorney's job. Here's, here's, here's a number for you. Here's a number for it. So this, she was arrested on misdemeanor, misdemeanor trespassing, misdemeanor trespassing, right? The state of Idaho has spent $86,000 on her case. Uh, $86,000 on a case that they were willing that they were willing to settle for $50. Yeah, exactly. Like that's real efficient, real efficient use of money. Yes. It's 80, they spent $86,000 canceled two different trials dragged out for almost three years. Because a woman was standing in the wood chips outside of a playground. This is like... She never touched the playground. She never touched the playground. She never went past the yellow tape that the police had had so perfectly put up around the playground to protect people from the evil virus. She was standing in the wood chips. The evil virus that's destroyed by sunlight and fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and sunlight and vitamin D and, and, and good health and exercise. Yeah, like that. Yeah. It's, oh. This is, but this is the perfect, like, this is a perfect example of, like, when you talk about police being not, like, you can either be a good cop or you can be a good person and you can't mm-hmm. be both. Yeah. This is the perfect example of this because, yet again, the police should have gone oh the da said this is this shouldn't have been prosecuted in the first place this is ridiculous we need the to AG drop it and gone the, okay the, the, the new ag said it should never have been prosecuted oh yeah the yeah the ag said that that our da is an idiot and should never have gone after this okay right and that's they they could have just let that go right because deciding what is law and what is not law is not their job yes and they should have just thrown up their hands and gone well that is technically the job of like the attorneys general and the uh, district attorneys and stuff is is supposed to be to decide what to prosecute and what not to prosecute right like that's that whole checks and balances thing that our constitution supposedly puts in place where the police and the district attorneys the executive branch right the ones who can choose mm-hmm. to enforce things they're supposed to be a check and balance where they're supposed to be able to go, no, I'm not enforcing that law because it's ridiculous or I'm not enforcing that order. It's ridiculous. And that is supposed to ostensibly be part of the checks and balances of the United States. That hasn't happened for a very, very long time. There was certainly a time in the United States history when that was a thing, but that hasn't happened for a very, very long time. (laughs) And this is like, and even when the attorney general goes, this is stupid. We're done. This is getting dropped. The police are like, well, I mean, but we put all this time and effort into this. And, you know, apparently it's you just want you just want chaos and anarchy because you're not willing to go after a woman for fifty dollars by spending eighty six thousand yes. dollars. Like this is this is what's wrong with police right here in in a nutshell right here this is what's wrong with police is that then that's their reaction and you know you could you could transplant this case to almost anywhere in the country and if the same thing had happened the police reaction would have been exactly the same this is ridiculous i can't believe you dropped it 
<laughs> because police expect that everything they go after, the, the DA is going to go after, and the yeah, DAG is going to uh, go after. The Baradin police chief, you said, quote, we certainly hope this is not the type of political grandstanding we should expect coming out of the attorney general's office moving forward. We are supposed to be a nation ruled by law, not a nation ruled by politics. We're literally a nation ruled by politics. <laughs> it's, I, this, it's all this, politics. This, this, these officers were enforcing, first of all, it's, it's, it's a clearly unconstitutional law. Yeah. Right? A, a clearly unconstitutional law. In the reddest state in the United States, arresting mm -hmm. a member who, who had ties with, with Ammon Bundy and the Idaho Freedom Foundation and, and just all those absolute outspoken, liberty-minded, freedom-loving individuals. Her husband's a cop in Boise. And you don't think that arresting her for standing on wood chips is going to become some sort of political statement? Well, yeah, because you what you're during yeah, COVID, what you're doing as the police by arresting her is a political move. It had nothing to do with actual law because an order like that isn't law anyway. Yes, it had everything to do with you trying to make a political statement about your own authority. And that's the same reason why you kept pushing to prosecute it is because it was about your authority and you were respect my authority. They canceled, you had, her, they canceled her trial twice. She right. Had, she had another trial scheduled for January 24th and 25th. Yeah. Because, again, that's what they do when they know they have no case, right? Like, the you can tell how little case a DA has by the number of times they reschedule and cancel. Mm -hmm. Like, once it's, like, two, three times, you know they have nothing. They have nothing, and they don't expect to win. And so they are just hoping so badly that yes. you will just give in. Yes. They spent eighty six thousand. So far, they spent eighty six thousand dollars trying to prosecute a case that they offered the settlement for fifty dollars. And the average, the average trial, um, from what I've been told, now this was years ago that I was told this, but like the average trial cost taxpayers something like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in and of itself, just the trial. So figure they'd already spent 86 grand if this had gone to trial it would have been like a hundred and eighty six thousand dollars and the worst thing that would have happened to her is she pays a fifty dollar fine yes um let's see um Let's see. Uh, Brady did not. Uh, Brady, Sarah Brady, the, the mother, did not immediately return a quest for comment. She was previously expressed her frustration with the case on social media, saying she had spent thousands of dollars defending herself. We now know it's, it's like twenty six thousand dollars. She was on a, a live with uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation yesterday when they were talking about this when it was announced, and she was in tears talking about how it's it's hopefully finally over and all this. Um. She, uh, on social media, she said, quote, defending myself against the state of Idaho has unlimited resources to prosecute me for nothing short of a of a for, for nothing as a daunting task, uh, simply for taking my kids to the park. So uh, later on, on the day of the arrest, the Idaho, Freedom, Idaho Freedom Foundation organized a protest in front of the Meridian City Hall. About 100 people attended. How big is Meridian City or Meriden? How's it spelled? It's M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N. Meridian, what stupid? 
It is 125,000 people. Yeah, 2020 census says 117,635. Yeah. Uh, tensions were high at the time nationally uh, and in the gym state. So that this Idaho is the gym state. Uh, a few a few days before Brady was arrested, a protest against Governor Brad Little's stay-at-home order drew hundreds of people. And moving to dismiss the charges, Labrador is distinguishing himself from former Attorney General Lawrence Watson, who in 2020 defended Little's uh, authority to issue a stay-at-home order. The arrest set off protest in front of the home of the Meridian officer who made the arrest. Uh, now, <laughs> you, remember, you remember that what we're talking about now, right? We talked about that one uh, with Ammon. Ammon Bundy was out there. Um, I think Raul Labrador might have been out there. Um, Idaho Freedom Foundation was out there. Idaho Three Percenters were out there. I think Eric Parker was out there. Um, there was a lot of people out yeah, there. That, yeah, that was when the cop was like, "I'm in fear for my life." Yeah, and there's like there's like a dozen or like twelve or fifteen sheriffs standing outside protecting them. You know, and all the all the people were doing they were standing they were sitting in the street literally like sitting in chairs and waving American flags and which I I had a I had a hard on the entire time watching it. It was fantastic. <laughs> if you're a cop and people sitting there waving an American flag intimidates you that much <laughs> it's it's also why I laugh when like they're like, Oh well, you know, if if things you know, if if things hit the fan again and you know, when we descend into like, say, a civil war, then you know <laughs> what are you what are you? That. The next the next article talks about civil war. Huh. Well, see, look at that. Give me a segue. But like, I think it's funny that when people are like, "Oh, well, if things descend into a civil war, like, what are you going to do against the government, dude? These guys are intimidated by waving a flag in front of their house. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> like, what do you think they're going to do? You yep. think they're all going to, like, march into the gates of hell willingly? Like, no, you don't pay them enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> and and this, this is Idaho, bro. This is Idaho, which I think went, like, I want to say, like, like 72, 76% for, for Trump. Um, Ida County is, is the one blue spot. That's where Boise is. That's, like, the, the one blue area of, of Idaho. And it's not even that blue. Right. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, purple. it's, it's a purple. It's, it's a very, it's a reddish purple, right? Not a bluish purple. It's a reddish purple, but it's, it's hilarious that. Well, that and the only reason that Idaho even has gone vaguely blue is because of all the refugees from California that move out there. Mm -hmm. I think Idaho, and then they go. Yeah. I, Idaho was one of the, uh, cause Cal California had a net loss. Uh, population over, you know, since since the, the COVID thing started. Like, New York also had a negative. A few other states had a negative. But California, like, the majority of them moved to either Texas or, or Idaho. I think those were the top two. Well, yeah, and it's it's so funny, too, because they're like, oh, all of these policies and everything in this state are terrible, and they're ruining the state, and so I'm going to pack up and I'm going to move to this other place and then try and also turn it into California because I'm a fucking locust. <laughs> It's it's the, it's the stupidest thing. It's the stupidest thing. You 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 escape California and all the California policies, and then you move to a red area, and vote for the policies you just escaped. Like look what look what it did to Colorado. Look what it's doing to Arizona. Like stop it. Yep. That's why I I stopped wanting to move to Arizona. Was the massive influx of people from blue states there just ruined yep. it completely. 
completely destroyed the housing market. You can't, you like, there's, there's no freaking way that people can just afford a house in, in Arizona right now. It's insane. Oh yeah. Well, and where I want to go, where I wanted to go in Arizona, which was Sedona was already an expensive place to move. And now it's like, I will never make enough money to afford a house there. Yeah. Like, it is ridiculous. But they're going to, I mean, it's, they're, they're a plague of locusts. Like these people are plagues of locusts where they, they, they have sapped everything that could have been good about California from it. And now they're moving to these other states that are still in better condition because they aren't California and don't have those policies. And now they want to institute those policies all over again, which are going to destroy one state after another until they have sucked everything dry and we implode. Yes. That's why you have to live where the air hurts your face because they don't want to move there. Yeah, but we still have tons. Don't forget Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin is where the progressive movement was founded. Yeah. It started in Wisconsin, but uh, Madison, two, which is not two, really Wisconsin. Two freshman members of the Wisconsin State Legislature has uh, re, uh, rebirthed. Uh, rebirth is, I don't know if rebirth is the right word. But they've uh, they've dredged up from the pits of hell, the socialist caucus. Yep. Yes. And that's and part of that again is we do have a bunch of Californians moving to and and like New Yorkers and stuff moving to Milwaukee and Madison and the major population centers. Even though the majority of Wisconsin is still decidedly red, if not completely independent. Right. That's why we're a swing state is we're super independent. The, you know, like Wisconsin really doesn't give too many craps about the rest of the country. Like we, we kind of like leave us alone. Just leave us alone. Let us do our thing. We're fine. You don't understand our culture. You don't understand what we need to live. You don't get it. And hey, the, the greatest California import to Wisconsin ever was Aaron Rodgers. That's true. Yeah. That's we got we got Aaron Rodgers from California. We got uh, Brett Favre from Louisiana or Mississippi. I don't remember one of the two. Um, Mississippi, Mississippi. Like we got those. Like that was cool. Um, but then we gave we gave you JJ Watt. So you know, I feel like it's a fair trade. <laughs> oh man, seeing his last game today. I didn't watch it. Oh. I. I intentionally avoided football today. I don't even know what the what the final score for the Packer game was. Packers are up six uh, nine. They're up, okay. They're up. Okay, yeah, six nine. Well, because what the Seahawks won today, right? Yeah, Seahawks won today. So, oh yeah, Packers still have a chance. Packer Hawks, one of them. Yeah, Going but to San it's, that's face my nine. Is well, so I mean, the Seahawks winning, if I remember correctly, Seahawks winning means that the Lions cannot possibly get in. Yeah, so Lions they're playing out. for nothing. So the Packers just have to beat the Lions, and then they're in, despite having started the season six and eight. Yes, but back to Idaho. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's insane that I mean it's it's January twenty twenty three, and we're talking about a misdemeanor trespass charge that should never have existed in the first place in April, 2020. Right. So we're yeah. like, what did I say? Two years, eight months, whatever, how many days. And 
she can finally sleep at night. Well, I mean, as much as she can sleep at night after spending $26,000 to defend herself against a case that the state was willing to uh, sell for $50. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and, and again, like, I cannot reinforce but enough again, that that is as, how they as, work. As she says, as she said uh, in an interview last night with Idaho Freedom Foundation, it was the principle. It was absolutely the principle of the thing, and, and I agree completely with that. It was absolutely the principle. She did the right thing fighting it. No. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, for yes, sure. They wanted but to make an example of her. Yeah, they want to make an example, and I mean, but that's that's the thing is, like, that's what it's about, right? It's about, like, respect my authority and don't argue with me, and you just obey, and you're just a slave, and that's what they want. And when well, yeah, they start to realize... That, we talked about that, that before, but the state doesn't want to force you to obey. The state wants you to want to obey. Yeah. Right? So in any little thing that they can get on you, such as a misdemeanor trespass charge for letting your kids play at the park, oh, pay us $50. That's that's a win according to the government. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because the, the DA can then go, oh, that was a win, and tick that into their win column, which is ultimately going to help that DA then when they go to become a private attorney go, I never lost a case. And, you know, because that's what it's about for them. Aww. And it's like, that's that's the kind of crap, though, that they'll pull is that they will, when they realize that they don't have a case, when they realize that this isn't going to work and that this is ridiculous, they will just delay, 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 delay. And they will then offer you after they've delayed long enough that they think that you've spent every dime you have and you're so out of time, you know, that you can't you can't keep putting your life on hold for this. That is when they will then offer you some sort of a plea deal because they figure they've broken you. And when you don't break, then they will just keep delaying. They will do everything they can and yeah. ignore your right to a fair and speedy trial as long as they possibly can to try and get you to just plead to something that you should not be convicted of. Can, can you imagine the circus that would happen if she did go to trial or if the, if the state allowed it to go to trial? <laughs> it would have been that courtroom would have been amazing that would have been an amazing place to be like the number of people that would be there and protest and everything else from all walks of life and probably actually both sides of the political fence at that point it would have been just hysterical to watch that happen oh absolutely not just to watch it happen i mean not just that but like just the, the the media coverage and with the uh, how boisterous some of those supporters are, you know, like I mean having <laughs> having having Evan Bundy, you know, live stream live comment on it or you know or something. Oh like my that. god, he would have been he would have been on the steps of the courthouse, mm -hmm. doing like live streams. It would have been like. So not worth it for the DA to have done what they did at all. Like they would have regretted the hell of it to their dying day. Yeah. Just imagine the, the, <laughs> the, the campaign fuel that would come from the opponents of, of, of that, you know, from, from the, from the Idaho freedom foundation people, from the freedom loving people, from the, the, the people's freedom network people, just the, just the amount of, of just, 
just how energetic, how energetic putting Sarah Brady on trial for standing in tan bark, for standing in wood chips, how much that would energize that whole movement. Oh, like, it would have been. You don't have to kill. You don't have to kill. You know, mothers holding their children up on on a mountaintop in order to energize people. Yeah, just that would have been. It would have been incredible. And it, you know, when you think about it, like think of how many sheriffs would have gotten elected specifically because they were yeah. like, "This is crap. This should never have happened." Yes. And the previous sheriff supported it and didn't do anything about it. And. I mean, it would have been a complete change in attitude that would have happened because of it. It would have absolutely destroyed the blue hold on Ada County. I, w- I fucking hope so. <laughs> As it is, it may still. I mean, just the fact that it was prosecuted so long and stuff and what the cops' response was, it may still energize people to destroy the blue hold on Ada County. I hope so. Personally, I'd love to see Idaho go yellow, but... Yeah, I just they need to read some Hearns, uh, some uh, uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe. Oh, all right, okay, let's get into this last one. This is a uh, an insider article. Um, who is the the person? It's a uh, uh, political scientist Barbara Walter. It's, it's an interview with her. It says, uh, "Want to prevent civil war? Regulate social media algorithms." Says an expert on political violence. Yes, yes, more tyranny is how you prevent a civil war over tyranny. That for sure will work. <laughs> Create echo chambers. That's totally gonna let people, you know, yeah. see the other side as human. Yeah, that's that's exact. I mean, I know that's how I prefer to make sure that people like understand each other is make sure that they never oh. associate with anybody of a different culture or different background or anything like you that's that's pouring that is pouring the random clear liquid in the red bucket on the fire to put it out <laughs> like dude that's gasoline like <laughs> <laughs> oh spicy water oh. okay <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and take this serious. I really am. I, 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 I'm going to read the first four words. I'm going to have to stop for a second. In a liberal democracy, <clears throat> Andrew, Andrew's busting up. Just that very first phrase. We're, we've only reached a comma. We're not even through a sentence. And it's already wrong. Literally, <laughs> like three words that actually count. Because A, a doesn't count as a word, but three words in. Yeah, and we're already wrong. I just... In a liberal democracy, people have the right to voice opinions that are wrong, ugly, and sometimes evil. And they often do. (laughs) But that does not mean that corporations have a right to exploit these views for profit and in the process contribute to the fracturing of societies and damage the rule of law, a leading political scientist argued Wednesday. First of all, they absolutely have the right to do that. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay, you take (laughs) I want to take this paragraph. I want to take this paragraph and I want to I want to superimpose it. 
over images from summer of 2020. Oh, the with the the burning Minneapolis and <laughs> yes, but it was mostly peaceful. <laughs> well, that does not mean that corporations have a right to exploit these views or exploit those views for profit, and in the process, contribute to the fracturing of societies and damage the rule of law. <laughs> Hashtag Gay Pride Month. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean they have a right to exploit those views. <laughs> you throw January six up there too. I'm just saying. Oh well, I'm just like like I mean like every Gay Pride Month, right? Like you just see all these companies, including some of my favorites to watch do it, like Volkswagen. My, and no, my my favorite is when the um uh, the screenshots come out and they're all connected. It's like it's like uh like BMW, right? Like B and W, in in each language, they have a rainbow flag except B and W Middle East. Yeah, and that one's not. <laughs> yeah, the it's the same. Well, like like Volkswagen, BMW are are great to see. Um, with that, it's hilarious. IKEA is another fabulous one because um, they were so closely aligned with the Nazis too. Like, just all of these companies that it's like I know for a fact. That you used slave labor out of the camps during World War II. You are closely aligned with the Nazis. Don't even give me your crap. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, in her 2022 book, quote, How Civil Wars Start and How to Stop Them, Barbara F. Walter, a professor at the University of California, San Diego. What a shock. Describe contemporary social media as a boon to the, quote, ethnic entrepreneur. Those who stoke resentment among a dominant group that fears its power is slipping away in the face of demographic and political change. When have you ever seen a social media giant supporting white supremacists? I think we all know who they tend to support and push and promote and everything else. And I, I completely agree. They do uh, stoke resentment between groups, but it's not the quote unquote dominant group that they stoke resentment in. No. Uh, in Malaysia, for example, Facebook was used by such demagogues uh, to help incite genocide against the country's uh, Rojania minority who also who were depicted as murderers and rapists and content that went viral. <sighs> Speaking to journalists, uh, Fahera, far, far, I think it's far right Judea. Okay, uh, far far right, far right. Is that what you said? Far right. Far, not not far right, far right, but. Uh... <laughs> In her interview air as part of the network's, uh, the Netmark, the New Mark Civil Life Series, the 92nd Street Y, a Jewish community center in New York. Walter said that the United States, hateful speech, is generally protected by the First Amendment. But she argued that tech companies have not been acting as simple, neutral stewards of the digital public space. No shit, they haven't. Yeah, no, they oh, have it at all. Not, not one little bit. Neutral. Not one little bit, man. Not one little bit. Oh, my God. I completely agree with that statement. Hey, you said something correct. 
Congratulations. Here's a gold star. Oh, she takes <laughs> Actually, you probably shouldn't do a gold star because she's in a Jewish center. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's why, uh, that's why nobody listens to us, Andrew. <laughs> Dude, I have Jewish friends. They'd laugh at that real hard. <laughs> Especially after I referenced Nazis just earlier. <laughs> Episodes without autism. Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Uh, she takes issue with the way social media acts to recommend content to users and keep them engaged for longer. And what she says is their role in amplifying incendiary comments. Okay, she's still right so far. Yeah, that absolutely happens. Uh, it amplifies incendiary comments if the people in charge agree with you. Yeah, but if the people in charge don't agree with you, then it simply deletes them and then bans the account. Not that we would know being on second and third accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> hey, look at my sock puppet. Uh... <laughs> she argues in her book. Uh, she argues in her book and explained in a 2021 interview that, quote, people tend to like information that taps into their emotions. And that tends to be stuff that makes them angry, outraged, resentful. And what the recommendation engines do is not just recommend more material like that, but more material that's even more extreme. And to that effect, if you're new to the podcast. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> Surprise! We're idiots. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's even more extreme. And I'm just kind of like looking around like, um, what? Extreme? What he? You should see what we say on our private Telegram channel. <laughs> I really hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we love you, NSA guy. <laughs> We're radicalizing the NSA and the FBI. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like they are also getting radicalized. Yeah, uh, and what the recommendation engines do is not just recommend more material like that but more material that's even more extreme. Addressing that, she says, is a necessity. Quote, people ask me, what's the single easiest thing that the United States could do to risk to reduce our risk of civil war? And my answer is always the same. Regulate social media. Jesus Christ. <laughs> not, not dial back tyranny. Not stop oppressing oh. people. It's not just so creating, obvious. Not stop creating violent terrorist regimes overseas. Not stop <laughs> invading people. Not stop selling arms to, 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 to genocidal countries in exchange for oil. It's, it's not that. It's we need to regulate social media more. Gosh, you know what would... Can, the answer to cancer, Andrew, is more cancer. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's an Uno reverse card. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why didn't anyone see it before? The answer to making people less violently radicalized against tyranny is simply leaning into tyranny full bore. <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like that, that, that meme where <laughs> the meme, it's like when you lied on your resume, but you still got the job. 
Yeah. <laughs> what if? Can, I mean, can you imagine like saying this with a straight face? Like the way that we stopped civil war is we turn into Soviet Russia. Yeah, Jack. We need a disinformation czar. That will totally make things better. Yeah. Do not look behind the curtain. We're only we're only just a few steps worth of tyranny away from true utopia. Okay, that's <laughs> ignorance is peace. <laughs> yeah, ignorance the pigs. Was it ignorance? War, uh, war is war is peace. Ignorance is slavery. Um, freedom, freedom is slavery. War is peace. Ignorance is slavery, or, or, or yeah. um, information is slavery, or something. It's uh, yeah. Like the 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 reality though is like like the the pigs are almost indistinguishable from the farmers we just need that last push yes. to where they're truly indistinguishable from the farmers and that that will make sure then that you know everything is everything is fixed yeah, animal farm will will finally be truly <laughs> this is the this is this is like the back backhanded way of saying uh uh, um, ignorance is bliss, right? Without those exposure to I to those radical ideas, you'll totally be happy and everything will be fine. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, because that worked out. You know what? That that worked out real, real well to stop the French resistance during World War II. Um, I mean, it it certainly quelled the German resistance and didn't make uh, amazing heroes like Sophie Skoll <laughs> exist or anything at all. Um, like the, what, 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 what kind of a person does this like make sense to? <laughs> They're like, oh, all these people hate all the censorship and all the, all the government tyranny. So what we need is just that little bit of extra tyranny. Yeah. We just, we just need, we just need more tyranny to make people stop hating tyranny. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like when, <laughs> like, what they're really saying is, is people just have, we we just, we just have too much information available. You know, it's it's analysis paralysis, right? You, you've heard of that term. Yeah, that's that's what it is. People just have too information. There's there's too many types of of deodorant on the shelf. We we need we need to lower that. So that people can can just pick their deodorant and and move on with their day, and everybody's happy, and we don't have to sit there arguing about different deodorants. Yeah, you only need like three government-approved choices. Yep. You know, you know what though? I think North Korea has the right the right idea here that you know people have too many haircuts. Yeah. They have too many choices for haircuts, and that's part of the problem. So we need just government-approved lists mm -hmm. of haircuts. You know, what it is? you know what it is? It's like it's uh, uh, skinny jeans, right? Some guys don't like skinny jeans, so we need to ban skinny jeans so that guys will stop arguing about skinny jeans, and that will that will unify all men. It's just the very next this next paragraph though is it? I Go mean, ahead. get it out there. I asked, I asked, why? Who? What kind of a person? would think that this makes sense. But the very next paragraph handily answers it for me. It's... <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm going to have to mute myself. 
Okay. In the U.S., democracy is slightly stronger than it was this time two years ago, Walter said. Not because any of its institutions are stronger, but because sim- er, but simply because the White House is not inhabited by someone who disregards the result of a democratic election. But it is, quote, very vulnerable to backsliding if somebody like former President Donald Trump were to be elected again, end quote. <laughs> Oh, democracy is slightly stronger than it was this time two years ago. What? Yep, that's that's the kind of person that that would say the things that this woman is saying. Okay, okay, now this makes sense. You know, you know what she did when Trump won was she sat on the floor and screamed. I guarantee it. Yeah, the the, the screaming liberal. That's literally her. Yeah, that's that's this chick right here. Yeah. It's. it's <sighs> Oh, let's see. Um, Trump famously used social media to not just gain power, inc- including with uh, nativist and in- native nativist incitement against Mexican in- immigrants and racially tinged demands to see former President Barack Obama's birth certificate, but to try to hold power once he was on the verge of losing it. Russians, Vladimir Putin through his intelligence services and state-run media properties, had also used social media to pursue his own anti-democratic agenda. Ermigate derisions! See, like, <laughs> this, this, this is, it's one of those, I just, this is a, a side comment. It really has nothing to do with this article. But the people, oh, you know, Trump was trying to stay in power. Trump willingly left office. Yeah, he... He didn't, he didn't call in the military. Yeah. Right, you 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 really believe that that spicy unguided tour of the Capitol was somehow going to stop the the securing the vote? Yeah. What? Really? It's like, yeah. You, the, you, you think that that spicy tour was going to stop the exchange of power? Well, it's because these people these people honestly believe that narrative that like, oh, our democracy was under threat; it almost fell apart, and none of these people were armed. Oh, None on. of it these people. It was, it was a mostly peaceful tour. Yeah, they they stayed in the boundaries of the velvet ropes, guys. In the boundaries of the velvet ropes, it was a riot at best, and it was the gentlest riot ever. Yeah, and there was nothing <laughs> insurrection about it. Some guy smoking weed in the Capitol building. Dude, that is legendary. It's fucking epic. That's a good story to tell. <laughs> yeah, just legendary to have fucking lit up a spliff in the Capitol building. That's impressive. That I'll give him that. But like, there was nothing. There was nothing revolutionary about it. There was nothing insurrectionary about it. There was nothing. Like these people, they weren't even looking to like undo democracy at all. They were looking to they at most. Right. If you even if you believe that somehow that was an insurrection, and I don't think any rational, honest human being could possibly believe that that was remotely insurrectionary. The best you can do is you can go, well, I mean, they were trying to uh, dispute the election. The 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 great um, um, the great Begalo in Virginia, uh, you know, 2020. Yep. Were were they cleaning up after themselves? Where they came armed and that one guy carried a fucking fifty BMG around all day? Mm-hmm. 
that was a greater threat to democracy than the unguided spicy tour. Yeah, which I'm totally cool with because screw democracy. Yes. Democracy and representative republics and anything <laughs> like that is simply tyranny of the minority by the majority. That's yes. all it is. Yes. But in a liberal democracy, Andrew, radical voices have to be shut down. Even the American government doesn't claim it's a liberal democracy. It's a constitutional republic. <laughs> As if that matters, Andrew. You're just, I mean, it you're doesn't being, matter. You're but. just being exposed to too many radical ideas, and we need to change <laughs> your algorithms to get more cat memes and, and rainbow happy good luck, you know, uh, feel good posts into your social media. <laughs> You know, you know what the, the my exposure to too much radicalism is is I've read the documents from the founding fathers. <laughs> That's the radical information that I'm that I'm getting exposed to. Speaking of speaking of radical, you see that article about uh, or just touch on it real quick. Jim Jordan um, defending the uh, the physical the, the near physical altercation in the uh, uh, yeah that's. Yeah, that's the way the founding fathers intended yeah. it. And it is! Jim Jordan defends physical altercation on the House floor, quote, exactly how the, the founders intended it. Go ask yeah. <laughs> Go ask Aaron Burr how they solved political issues in the founders. <laughs> Burr, tactical pistol solutions for the win. Yes. If you're unfamiliar with that, just Google Burr Hamilton. You'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, the but like i mean yeah that there were don't forget that like leading up to the american civil war right like in in the antebellum united states there were like you know there was the beating of charles sumner with a cane like nearly to death happened in the senate like the, these are things because you know and i've talked about this on the show before like there used to be a time when people freaking stood for things <laughs> in this country and that included senators that included congress yeah like the yeah from here here to ding ding <laughs> exactly like there was there was a time when that happened a lot right there was a time when coming to blows or nearly coming to blows was a regular thing there are still countries in the world where that is a regular thing developed countries right first world countries where that still happens where yeah, people right, still have a spine. Yeah, right now Brazil is out insurrectioning January sixth. They they broke into the to the to the Brazilian Capitol building and are absolutely thrashing it right now. Yep. Now that now that is a is a, is an insurrection. Now that is the prevention of a, a, an exchange of power. Yeah, but I mean, like that's there was a time in in the American Senate when like. The, the senators and the Congress, you know, the various congressmen, um, they took their duties seriously, representing the people and representing what they believed in, you know, which was why they were elected is because they openly believed in things and real things and actually believed them. There was a time when they were willing to come to blows over those things mm -hmm. where they cared that much about what they stood for and were willing to yep. do that. And that was a much better time for America politically. Yeah, radical because radicalization, radicalism, um, uh, the, the radical ideas, the, the not 
adhering to to the mainstream, the um, the desire to push, right? That's that's it. first of all, it's in our DNA, and it's in the DNA of the country. It's in the DNA of the founding documents. It's in the DNA of the people that I don't know left Europe and and sat on a boat for what is it, twelve weeks to get to a new land that they knew nobody there, uh, surrounded by hostiles and, and unfamiliar areas, uh, in order to you know to have the freedom. Like that's mm-hmm. that's literally in our DNA. But what we need to perfect, you know, to, to stop a civil war is to kill that. Yeah, to to censor everything, censor speech that you don't like. You know, there's a video going around TikTok right now. It's talking about how, um, and a lot of people don't realize this. Um, so really quick history lesson in uh, Recon- the Reconstruction South, the KKK really took off and was murdering a bunch of black people, right? Like that was a thing they were doing and that was terrible and they should be punished for that. But what uh, President Grant, Ulysses S., did was he suspended habeas corpus if you were accused of being a member of the KKK. You could be arrested and held with no trial, no charges, no nothing because you were a member of the KKK. And there's a video out there that's like supporting that. And I commented on, I pointed out, so what all somebody needs to do is be somebody that you don't like somebody that you disagree with and you're willing to just throw rights out yeah. like just like and, that and all you child. need to do is say the yeah. was, was the same way yeah and i and that's why i said actually too is i said if you're the kind of person who just goes well they're accused of being part of this organization therefore they're evil and therefore they don't deserve rights and you're willing to just let those rights go because you hate them you would be the kind of person who would have uh, who would have supported the witch hunters general yeah. right you do not stand for freedom you do not stand for rights rights have to be protected especially for people you hate mm-hmm. because that's what rights are about right you don't give up rights because you're a bad person that doesn't make you give up rights you still have rights because you're a person and if you're willing to let those go just because you don't like that person, then you're not a friend of freedom. You're not a friend of rights and you're not a friend of humanity in general. You are exactly the same kind of thing as those KKK members are. You're just on the other side of the coin. That's it. But you're on the same coin. They are. You have to support rights regardless of what those people are accused of doing, regardless of what they even you watched them do. You have to support rights. And if you don't, you don't support fucking rights. Yeah. You know what the issue is, Andrew? You just don't have enough kitten videos in your in your social media feed. Yeah, apparently. There's not enough I can has cheeseburgers and too many uh Hawaiian pig roasts. Yeah, you don't you don't have enough you don't have enough uh normie memes. Uh, you know, that's the thing that like kind of broke me. Okay, let's do let's do this. Andrew is too radical. We need you to go to the Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion Telegram channel and post normie memes for Andrew to see. To to nothing but normie memes. To to what to quell his radicalism. Send Andrew. Dude, it, go to my TikTok and comment croissants on every single one of my videos. Please do. I beg you. Be fantastic. Because <laughs> that's all engagement, and that's another view, and I get paid for that. So. Croissant. <laughs> yeah. Is no, is no croissant. It is croissant. <laughs> 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 
I just I got that that Simpsons episode of the politician. Say chowder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh. Get some links out there. Let's get the hell out of here. All right, if you want to support your uh, local anarchist, uh, me, uh, by taking care of your beard, go to thebeardstruggle.com. Use code InkedAnarchist15. You get 15% off. Or you can also use the code InkedAnarchist on uh, uh, Reaper brand apparel, and you can get 10% off. Or if you use the affiliate link, you get 15% off of the Reaper stuff. If you use the affiliate link, you also get a discount and support me if you go to uh, Lions Not Sheep, who are also one of my new affiliates. They're super awesome. Uh, Reaper brand apparel, awesome message, awesome design, super cool. Lions Not Sheep, also awesome designs. Um, yes, they're a little statist. I get it. I understand. But they do have a lot of cool designs and a lot of cool stuff. Um, and their attitude is like, become a leader. Don't be a follower. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got? Do I have, I, I got Oh, I'm also an affiliate of, um, RK Spookware. And if you know who they are, you know what they do. If you're doing the thing that they do, then, uh, you probably need some of their stuff and, uh, you should check them out and use the affiliate link. So you also support me when you go to do that, uh, coffee brand coffee, there's a link, there's stuff, uh, Odyssey rumble, um, check out our telegram. We got other stuff out there. It's all Derek in the link book. tree. So check it out. Derek's book. Yes. Derek's book, uh, buy Derek's book. Thank you. Yeah, think, uh, think for yourself, Thinking Workbook for Beginners. Um, I don't know, D Dave, do you still have that discount? I don't know if Dave still has that discount going on. Um, but if he does, it's Abolish ATF, and you, you get a discount um, on Poppins Patches. Yes. Um, and uh, Abolish 15 or ATF 15, something like that. It's on our link tree. Um, yeah, but it's on the link tree also. Um, and do that. Check out his patches. They're super high quality. They're super awesome. And uh, you definitely want some of them. I have a whole bunch. You'll see me wearing them periodically and stuff. So, yep. He said Abolish ATF is still up. So Abolish ATF and it's 15% off. You yep. should go do that and support a guy who supports our channel. Um, and, you know, share share this video with your friends because your friends could always use a little more autism in their lives. Yep. And or, or, or don't. <laughs> you don't want to radicalize your friends, you know, because radicalized people want civil war, apparently. Oh, definitely radicalize your friends. No. I'm all about radicalizing your friends. Radicalize everyone you meet. <laughs> everyone you can possibly. Your bus driver, the taxi cab driver, the the person, the barista at your local Starbucks. Radicalize them all. Go for it. Do it. Yes. Change the world, man. Yes. Also support your local, local bikini barista. Yes. And single moms because they're working their way through medical school and, you know, or possibly law school and they're going to be the next Aaron Brockovich, you know, yeah. and Aiden, Hayden and Jaden appreciate you supporting their moms. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on. I'll, I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>